But uh, this morning, in, in not too long of a time, we want to just share a little bit of, of our history, where we've been, uh, and uh, there's, there's so much, it's difficult to get it all into, um, oh, thank you, water. Uh, it's difficult to get it all into one kind of session, um, but uh, we just want to at least give you the, the main themes and the storyline of, of what we're in as a community, that you're actually in a prophetic timeline right now, that God spoke life and promises over this house, and we're beginning to step into promises now that you might not know people prayed for 17 years ago. Um, and so when you begin to hear these things, it stirs your heart to say, Lord, what a privilege that we together could begin to step into the promises of God uh, for our expression as a local church. And, and I want you to know this, we, we have no desire to try and build some sort of individualistic, successful looking movement or church. We want to be a part of the body of Christ, the global body. And, uh, and so we know that that looks like us uh, doing our part here and that locally we have an expression that's contributing towards the bigness of what God's doing across the nations. And 24-7 churches where we get to put our hands to the plow as a family and serve his kingdom. Are you with me? And uh, so I just want to uh, start with, with my dad, because if you don't know, uh, my mom and my dad planted 24-7 church, well, kind of, it was a takeover slash plant, a bit of a joint thing uh, that happened 17 years ago, which you'll hear about now. But we've had the privilege of watching them faithfully serve the Lord, love this house, love this city, love the nation, uh, and they've just gone from glory to glory. They've increased in passion, and uh, just the way they've stewarded what God's given them has been so profound. So we have this little gift for them with all their favorite goodies. This is from you, by the way, just so you know. Um, and uh, we just want to say we love you, and you and mom, honestly, heroes to us. So can we stand and just applaud them for 17 years of faithfulness? You can actually take it <laughs> awesome. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. All right. So the first thing I wanted to just ask my dad to share a little bit is it's probably a lot of you might not know actually how 24-7 Church started and where we've come from. So, Dad, do you want to tell us, um, many of you won't know that we actually were in Zimbabwe for a short time. As a family, we took over a church there, and we ended up back in Johannesburg. And maybe just share that process, Dad, of how, how the church was birthed and uh, where we started. Um, so, just very quickly, a bit of the, of the journey is... Um, I, I met Jane in, in, in Bible college, so it was an absolute privilege um, to meet her in, 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 in an environment of the kingdom. Um, but she was um, a lady who had encountered God in, in, a, in amazing ways and was uh, totally sold out and convinced of, the, of, of what the Lord had for her life. And, uh, and I had um, got born again when I was like 11 and, and had, had such encounters, such experiences of seeing Jesus and Jesus uh, in my life that uh, we were both sort of really... Uh, fired up and committed, so meeting each other at Bible College, getting married, and then stepping into what God had for us was, was a, a, a all. Um, it, was, it was everything. It was giving your all. So that's how we have journeyed our whole lives um, in every decision that we've made. And uh, so when, we, uh, when God opened the doors for us to go and lead a church in, in Zimbabwe, we sold up everything and we, we went. And uh, it, was a, it was a crazy year because... Um, uh, everyone was coming this way, coming out. We were going that way, um, and there was there was a church there that just that God just needed somebody to come in and just steady the ship. It just it was it had been a big church that lost majority of the people, and uh, and we had the privileges coming and steadying the ship. Uh, the word that was given us was we were like a pilot uh, that just you know in, in a harbor we just led the, the the ship out of the harbor into the seas, and then somebody else would would sail it. Um, 
And that turned out to be so true because if, come the end of that year, obviously we never got our, uh, our work permit. Uh, we were denied it because of certain circumstances and situations. Um, and, uh, and we had to come back. And we came back uh, here to South Africa um, with uh, two little kids. Uh, Casey was yet to be born. And, um, and not knowing what God was going to do or say. And, and we just said on our hearts we will just go and serve somewhere in some church. And then just seek the Lord. I was 39, 40 years old um, with no job and two kids. So it was an interesting time. And, uh, and then as we were just were praying, uh, we felt the Lord clearly tell us, I want you to start something. And uh, we said, okay, well, where? And we started to obviously try and do the man's effort, which was travel all over the place, look for um, some uh, buildings and or, or wherever we could plant a church. And we wasted a lot of petrol and a lot of, a lot of effort. Um, because God was busy setting us up with an individual who was busy gonna, um, who was wanting to hand over an existing church, um, and the story of that church is is it's incredible. Uh, that original church um, was Randburg North Assemblies of God was was had Joburg North Assemblies had one of the biggest uh, youth groups ever uh, in Johannesburg. I mean, thousand. Yeah, and it was a big church and had so many prophetic words over it, um, but they had just, it had shrunk and had been handed over, handed over to different uh, pastors, and uh, things had not gone well, and it got down to this guy who was now leading it, and he wanted to leave, and he'd been praying because um, he was going to head out, and he was saying, Lord, what are you going to do, and we were there. It's just the divine appointments of God, where you don't have to go running after sometimes things, you just have to trust the Lord and just keep being obedient. And so um, he asked to meet me. I met him actually in Northgate at Wimpy on the Friday afternoon. Um, I preached in the church on the Sunday. And uh, the next Sunday I, I took over the church. And uh, it was called Gates of Praise in those days. There were about 20 people. They were about, the youngest was about 65. Um, they were quite old. I always say I, I actually um, shrunk the church. Um, <laughs> Uh, because uh, I had to do a couple of funerals in the first, uh, the first uh, month or so of me taking over. Um, but God just began to lead us and began to, to, to show us um, the things that He wanted us to birth. Um, just to give you an idea, too, when we started the church, I think Connor was about nine, and Courtney was six or seven, and so Connor was the drummer, and Courtney was the singer. With Jane, so we started with the whole family, uh, and um, and then just began to to trust the Lord, and, and He was so faithful, because in taking over this church, one of the things that that this church had was a piece of land. It's that piece of land. Um, so it's amazing the, the destiny and the purpose and the plan that God has. That He had a destiny and a plan for that land, and we came in to run, and to do what He had called us to do, and we started actually on that land in a house. And uh, from there, it just began to grow, and God just began to do amazing things. And because we were so passionate, we, um, we knew that God wanted all, and we were all in. Um, and so everything that we did, we passionately went all in, but um, we didn't realize uh, at the time that He also wanted to be all, not just for us to be all in, but He wanted to be all, which is why grace is so important, because um, we, I mean, we up at that stage was just so gung-ho about trying to make things work and happen, I was preaching a bit of law and grace. And, uh, and it was um, 
It was the encounter of the Lord that, that would enable us to, to transition a church uh, from um, a place of stress and striving and, 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 and trying to do something from a place of passion. Um, we, we were always passionate and, uh, and committed. But um, to move from there into a place of dependency and total trust in the Lord would take a, a, a divine appointment. Do you want to? Yeah, um, and so just to encourage you why it's a legacy and why this has been a journey as a church is this is going back now 17 years. When we took over um, the church and, and, and that piece of land, I used to, I, I mean, I used to love it. You know, you had these, um, with all respect, um, old ducks, um, these, <laughs> these, uh, these beautiful people that used to uh, so encourage me. Every single Monday morning I got a phone call. They used to say, that is the best sermon I've ever heard in my entire life, and you, you're so awesome, whatever, and I go, yay, you know, and then the next week they say the same thing, so I was thinking, okay, it must have been better than last week, um, but what they did, what they were amazing at is they were prayers of note. They used to, and, and, and those group of people used to come onto that land, even we used to have early morning prayer meetings, they used to come onto that land and they used to prophesy and pray and declare um, you know, week after week after week after week. And even as we grew and, and in those early years, people used to come and just uh, spend, we used to spend even night times there and, and 24-hour prayer uh, vigils of just praying and praying and praying over that land and speaking and declaring, you know. And, uh, and that whole group of people obviously have moved on. Some of them moved on to glory. Um, but the reality is, is it's been sown. There's seeds that have been sown into that land over many, many years, and we stand today on the brink of stepping into uh, a plan, a purpose of God that's been birthed over years and years as God has been working, you know. So it's very, very exciting as you look back on 17 years. Yeah. Is that all right? Yeah, it's brilliant. I think what's awesome is that so that you know some, some people who were with us within that first year, I know Auntie Elaine and the Hislops and Marsdens were with us probably within like the first five months of us starting, Yeah. Um, and they're here, still serving on Lane. If you don't see her, she's in the cage at the back there. <laughs> Sometimes you just see her hand and worship. It's just it's like, but um, but I mean, their family has has helped us move. I don't know, 16 venues probably in 17 years. <laughs> uh, many many venues and and the Marsons and Hislops and there's so many. Um, you know, a lot of them were also in the eight the 8 a.m. service. But it's incredible to have journeyed with people and and to. You know, there's so much that, that we have journeyed as a family and as a church over 17 years, but we've, we've had the privilege of doing it together. And one of the things, I'm going to set you up for this next part, Dad. Uh, <laughs> one of the things that I really loved um, was watching my mom and dad lead with such a transparency and an open heart and, and at times when things shifted and they realized that maybe they were wrong in certain areas, they were the first to get up and say, I was wrong. And this is actually what the Lord's doing. They, they always pointed us uh, to Jesus as a community. And that was something that was so evident. I remember countless times. But, um, Dad, maybe just share a little bit around um, from that time when we started up until before you went to Hong Kong in 2009. What, I mean, there was rapid growth. There was a lot of stuff happening. But some of the struggles that you were feeling at that time as well. Yeah, okay. um, you know, obviously, when you first start a church, uh, you, you just want to get people and you want to grow and you want to get bigger and, and, uh, and you just, um, you know, just running and, and welcoming everything without, you know, maybe paying attention or looking at certain stuff, putting the right things in place. So what was really beautiful is that just uh, God's presence was there, His grace was there over us 
uh, to help us during those times. Um, but we were very, um, well, Jane will always say you were, Grant. Um, no, no. Um, um, we were quite, I was quite driven. I was quite uh, uh, legalistic, and, um, and, and I was very much um, um, a program-orientated, driven person. So it was, we, 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 we went after a big, having a lot of people. We went after um, having this, this big band, lots of teams, lots of musos, um, and, uh, and trying to now tick the boxes of, of, uh, of doing everything that a church is supposed to do. So, you know, you need to have this program, you've got to reach out to the poor. You need to have this program, which is now, you know, preaching to the lost. You need to have this program, um, you know, that's family-orientated or that you have to do this. And, and, and so we actually grew to our biggest putting all those things in place. Funny enough, the natural nature of man, he loves law. He loves to put in a box and told what to do. He loves, okay, this is how it works and this is what you do. And he, and, and he feels very comfortable. When you say, no, take that all off, I want you just to choose. Ooh, that's quite nerve-wracking for him to have to. And, uh, and we were just realizing that we, had, we, we, we were sitting uh, actually in our own church feeling, um, feeling strangers because that was never on our heart. When we birthed 24-7, our whole heart was to cause people to fly was to set people free into the things that God's called them to do and to celebrate them. And we were always after His presence and, uh, and after just a total uh, freedom and liberty in Him to just be dependent on Him and let Him move. And now we just felt like it was all legalistic, controlled, um, and, uh, and, we were, and we were feeling a little bit lost uh, at the time in our own church and just praying and saying, Lord, how, um, how, how, how do we do this thing, you know? And uh, was I going to a Hong Kong? Or? And uh, and then um, um, I was just listening um, one day, or whatever, and I just heard this message from Rob Rufus. Uh, Rob and Glenda Rufus had been part of our history and our journey in Pinetown and Natal, and spoken into our lives. And so I contacted him. He was leading a church in Hong Kong, and I said to him, um, "Hey, there's some questions I've got to ask about this and that and what have you. And are you sure? You know, is this biblical?" Um, this, this, this grace stuff it just sounds a bit too beautiful for, for words. And he just said, listen, what you need to do is come to Hong Kong, to, to a conference. Um, they, they were holding a conference every year. He said, come to Hong Kong and just listen. Just get washed with the grace of God. And I said, okay, cool. So we, Jane and I went across there. And um, after having been so driven and so legalistic and technical and, and uh, trying to earn, perform, and, and do certain things, we just walked into an absolute huge wave of the love of God. I was overwhelmed by the love of God that he, I didn't have to do anything ever again, and he was going to be so in love with me and so love me, uh, and it was just so foreign to me that I, I mean, I, uh, that's why I can honestly tell you, I got so drunk in the love of God, um, and why I think the Bible says drunk is because it has similarities um, to other things that get you drunk, and that's that the ground is moving, uh, everything's moving, you can't really walk straight, it's just, you're just consumed, you just, you feel like you, you're his favorite all the time, and you actually are his favorite, all of you are his favorite all the time, and uh, so it was just a, a week of overwhelming love of God, and we just came back into the church. We didn't know what to do. I didn't know just other than to try and release it. Um, so we had a whole week of meetings. For those of you that remember that were around then, we had a whole week of uh, meetings, and we just had fire tunnels just releasing uh, over people's lives. Just that, and it just it touched the, lur the lurch, the church in such a, such a phenomenal way um, that we were just 
We were never going to be the same again. And actually, I had to stand up in front of the church that Sunday, uh, as I had done a few times. Um, if I had to tell you, um, we had a five-a-side soccer tournament um, that we did in the church, in the church building, and there was a huge thing, and invited everyone around, whatever. If you... Yeah, so I, I was a very competitive soccer player because I had played at the top level um, and uh, should never have been a part of this tournament, <laughs> but had to, be, had to play in this tournament on the 24-7 team and, um, yeah, lost my temper anyway and, and had to stand up in front of the congregation and repent on that Sunday <laughs> for nearly uh, taking out some poor <laughs> individual. <laughs> but... So it was nothing new to me. I was standing up. Was, so I, I just knew I had to stand up, and I just said to the church, everything has changed from now on, and everything that I've ever preached back, um, you can just throw away. Just throw it away. Uh, we're going to start again, and we're just going to um, uh, learn truth. And that's the birthing of, of just the grace of God, not just the commitment of us all in, but also He wants to be our all. And, uh, and just being yielded to Him, because it's just by His grace, and allowing Him to, to do amazing things in and through our lives, because our dependency is 100% on Him. You can have passion. As you know, we, we, we're a passionate family, because we've seen Him, and we want to just passionately give Him our all. But you can give Him your all, but He needs to also be all. Uh, you need to not try and do these things in your own strength, you know. And, uh, and so that was a journey. From then on, it was, okay, Lord, we're after you. We're after your presence. We want to encounter you um, so that you can transform us, so that not just have all of us, but that you can be all in and through our lives. And, uh, and this is where we, we sit today, is championing, championing championing, uh, just his presence, to encounter him, to honor him, and to let him have his way, um, because it's all him, letting grace be our uh, oxygen I'm embracing over our lives. I think also what's important is from that time, probably until the last two, two, three years, um, we actually felt the Lord do like a, a stripping away work in 24-7, where there was so much of how we used to think, so much of, and, and, and this is not something that we just figured out. This was literally years of processing and letting the Lord teach us and saying, not that, actually, and not that, and oh, by the way, also not that, and, and suddenly it, it stripped so much back where you go, whoa, Lord, like everything that we do has got to be built on, on you, and there's so much sometimes that we do uh, in, in our own strength that's just because it seems like a good idea. And that was often why we found ourselves just doing programs for the sake of doing programs with this pressure to perform. And the Lord actually stripped us of those things. Um, and uh, we realized, we started to ask the right questions like, what kind of church do, did you birth, do you want, and what kind of church are you coming back for? And that changes a lot of things in, in your heart around how you approach stuff. And, and I want to say this, we, you know, we, have, we have no desire to, to try and, 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 and you know, Make everybody happy and please everybody. That's really not our heart. We have one desire to please Him, and uh, and so you know people can disagree and, and not and this maybe is not your home and that's okay. But those who feel this is my home to, to be planted and grounded, we actually felt like in that transition in 2009 when the love of God, God became the foundation and the center of, of what we do. Suddenly we saw a community go after the destiny of God in sons and daughters' lives, and uh, and it shifted something where it wasn't so much about getting trying to fill buildings with pe uh, with people. It was trying to fill people with God, 
And that was a very different approach. It was like, you know, before that, we had gone after this thing of like, you know, growth, 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 get people in, get full seats, bums on seats, you know. We were disappointed if it was like less than 100 people in a room, right? And, uh, and so you have this drive, and you, you're going, trying to like, you know, successful church, and, and healthy things grow, so it should, we should be, you know, hundreds of thousands of people, and this is what happens in your head. And suddenly the Lord began to shift all of that, and we realized you could have thousands of people in a room and not have Jesus in any of those people, and that God wanted to develop sons and daughters. He wanted healthy people, healthy leaders, healthy shepherds that could begin to actually reproduce and, 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 and advance the kingdom of God. And, um, and so we, we were in that journey of, wow, okay, Lord. And, and it was funny. We would have these conversations. I remember so many conversations with my dad when just when we thought like, oh, we, we kind of we, we figured it out, you know, God would strip that back again and, until we were left with nothing but him. And it actually brought such a beautiful sense of dependence on the Lord, a beautiful sense of dependence on the Holy Spirit. And, and you'll notice we've shared it the last couple of weeks. Um, the Lord's had to reteach us how to build and how to build on the revelation of Jesus and on dependence on the Holy Spirit, that it's actually the Holy Spirit is building the church. And, uh, and yes, it's on the, the apostles and the prophets and the giftings and these things, but it's the Holy Spirit who's doing it. And um, so we've had these conversations, and we, we allowed the Lord to do a work in us. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, Jess will share a little bit of her journey as well, and I'll share a bit of mine. But we went after the destinies of sons and daughters. We went after wanting to be a, a community where God could bring people in. They could be restored, found, uh, transformed, and changed, and begin to step into what God's called them to do. That's how we see cities changed and transformed. And so in the last two years, uh, we've been in this little room, right? And it's the smallest room we've ever been in. It was the ugliest room, but as you can see, we tried to uh, cover some of it. There's actually a geezer behind there, if you didn't know. Um, but <laughs> Richard's holding it up there at the back. Yeah. But, um, but you know, it's funny. The Lord like, brought us back to a place like this. And in a little room like this, He's opened up more than, than we've ever seen. That he, the things we used to pray about and dream about five, six years ago, now God's birthing in a place like this. And we felt that this venue and, and us being here, that the Lord was going to build and establish uh, foundations and, and values here that would be what keeps us running in the next 20, 30, 40 years. That God wants to establish a culture and an understanding of community and church and family in the kingdom in a place like this where you're in close proximity to each other. You, you build, you build relationships and that that's how we want to grow. That is a different type of growth. It's a growth that's based on the Holy Spirit. It's not a oneness uh, because we are trying to be one. It's a oneness because the Spirit of Jesus is inside of us. And so we're allowing the Holy Spirit to form and, and create and shape His church and His bride. Um, and so we've been in that space, but I want to just just to share because I love um, her kind of uh, story of, of being in 24-7 church is, is really beautiful. Um, and maybe you, you share it and then I'll sum it up. Okay. Um, so I joined the church probably like nine years ago when we met. And... Um, when I first joined the church, I was like, I felt connected because it was like, this is family. Um, it didn't just feel like people. It felt like faces that I've known for long. And I still feel that today. And there's two at the back there. <laughs> but as soon as you meet people, it's like family. It's like instant connection. And um, yeah, like in my, in my journey for a whole year, especially in the beginning, um, almost every Sunday, someone would come up to me, even if they told me like three times in a row, they would come up to me and say, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you like all the time. Like, do you know the, how much he loves you? I'm like, yes, I know. Thank you. Thank you. I know he loves me. And I got to a point where I was like, 
these people just keep on telling me that Jesus loves me. I know he loves me, like seriously. (laughs) And the one day I just encountered him so deeply, but like the love of Jesus, like I saw him in front of me and I was like, oh my word, Jesus loves me. It was like revelation. (laughs) Yeah. And it was, it was insane. And I feel like, I feel like that just sums up our community. We're family and we love deeply because it's, it's Jesus' love. So we love so deeply and we contend for people's lives. We contend for uh, what Jesus has called them to do. And I felt that for a whole year they were contending just for me to realize how much he loves me. Like it's such a simple thing, but also so big. And I really feel like in everything, that's what we're here for. We're here to love each other. We're here to go after the Lord, to go after his presence in our lives. And it was funny because she actually used to get irritated. <laughs> like, we would come home from church and be like, like five people again kept telling me how much Jesus loves me. She's like, do these people not think I'm saved? Like, I know that he loves me. <laughs> and then a year later, it was like rocked where she was. And then what's amazing is if you meet Jess, what most, of, what most people say, we hear it all the time, is how much they feel loved. And I, I'm always so moved by the Lord to go, Lord, it's because the love of God and the love of a community established that in her heart. And it's the same for me. If I look at my journey, it, it was when I was in brokenness, um, it was a group of my friends from this house who prayed every week for me to come back. They prayed every week for me to encounter Jesus, to be restored, to come back as a son. And, uh, and I did. And those friends are still sitting in this room today. And, uh, and it was amazing. It's, it's the grace of God and the grace of community that actually allowed me to come back into my destiny, what God had called me to, even when I was doing my best to run away. And, uh, and that's what I love about a house that's after redeeming uh, the destinies and the, the, the call and the assignment of God on people's lives, to be sons and daughters. And uh, so that's such a privilege. And um, I think why we're sharing this is it was a couple of years ago, my dad actually got this, this line and we changed the mission statement uh, you know, of our church. And the mission statement is now love lived out. And when he said that at first, I was like, oh, that, that's like interesting. I, it was different to what I'd heard. And then as we began to meditate on, as a team, it was like, wow, that the love of God would hit a community, completely transform us and be lived out. That the love of God, the kindness of God would lead people to repentance. That, that his love, and, and, and love, I'm not talking about just, you know, wishy-washy, just niceness. Love, is, is, love and truth go together. And it cuts to the heart. And sometimes it's offensive. And, and I love that. I love that God's love is offensive. Uh, and, and, and sometimes it brings conviction and those things, but, but it's beautiful because it leads you to that place of coming back into your created value. Um, and so we've seen that in 24-7. I know so many of your stories uh, represent that. And we actually found in, in 2018, that was like a catalytic year for us, especially with our young adults, because we had had, uh, in the beginning of the church, we had had a word that somebody brought and they said, there's going to be um, young people, this person was prophesying, young people coming into the church and they're, they're covered in tattoos with long hair and beards and piercings and they're going to come in, you know, and God's going to redeem them. And, and for years we were like, where are these people, you know, like, what are you talking about? And, uh, and I made a joke in the eight day, I just said, you know, like people would come in and they'd have like a little flower tattooed on their wrist. We'd be like, maybe it's them, you know, maybe they're like, You'd think, like, they must be the like, crazy young people that are coming. But in 2018, uh, it happened. The beginnings of it happened, and I believe we still got so much more to see. But um, they don't look like it now, this bunch. But they, uh, back then, they looked pretty intense. And uh, when they got saved, God rocked uh, them and our community. I remember I shared in the 8th, Matt 
came, he came late to, to home group, uh, half an hour late, but he was at work, so it's okay. Um, I still rip him about it. But he came 30 minutes late to home group with his guitar straight from work, and you could see it. Obviously, he had a long day and whatever, but he walked in, put his guitar down. At that stage, he had long hair and piercings in his uh, eyebrows and all sorts of stuff. And, uh, and just like a bear, just walked at you. That's what it looked like. And, uh, and he came into that room, put his guitar down, and literally, I, I'm not even joking, there was a whole bunch of us over there. Within 30 seconds, he was face down on the floor, weeping. And, and I knew God had prepared his heart. And when you hear it, I'd encourage you to go ask him about his testimony because he'll tell you for weeks that God was moving in his heart. But he hit the deck. He was weeping. And he, he wept for two hours. He hasn't stopped weeping. Uh, and the reality is when he got up, he was a different person. Like it was a shock. He got up and we all looked at his face and we're like, whoa. And I remember he gave his life to Jesus and we said to him, so <laughs> it's my favorite thing. I said, so what do you want to say, bro? And he, he went, guys, Jesus just kicked my ass. And I just said to him, I said, man, we gotta put that, we gotta put that on a t-shirt. Because that's that's like slogan material right there. But um, but what was so wild is, you know, I remember at the time I used to share his story and people would say to me, Oh, watch. Watch, this is what happens when they come in, they get saved, and they're like they're crazy and whatever. And uh, and all of them, I mean, they all have a wild testament. If I was to tell you D and Max's story, uh, it's just crazy. Um, but what they came out of uh, you know, it was a lot of brokenness and a whole bunch of stuff. And literally overnight, I mean, within days, it was like completely set free from addictions, completely transformed, different people. I remember when they cut their hair and came to church. Everyone was like, who are these people? You know, um, and, and God just did such a work. And now, what is it, four years later, they are, what is it, no? Yeah, four years later already, wow. Nearly four years that they have been running after Jesus. They've been into the nations. They've seen people saved and healed and delivered. They have uh, faithfully followed the Lord and consecrated their lives to them. And it was a catalytic moment because suddenly our young adults group went from like five or six to 30 in the space of like two, three weeks. Um, I remember Damien, uh, I would like phone and be like, bro, where are you? And he's like, oh, I'm in the park. I'm like, what are you doing in the park? I'm just telling people about Jesus. Just, I've just been to this guy. Bro, it was wild. This guy just got so touched by God. And like, you know, just like if they had spare time, these things were happening. And, and this still happens, you know. Um, and that, that year was, was a catalytic shift where something happened. And we began to really pursue and go after the presence of the Lord transforming and touching people's lives. And it's why I want to say it like this. We're ruined for anything else. Like, I just don't, the gospel is, it's, it's alive. Jesus actually touches people's hearts, changes them, transforms them into what they were created for. That's what we want to see. So the last couple of years, we actually, in 2019, we uh, were in a big uh, building, and we did some cool things that we could seat 400, 500 people. And, uh, and we were, it was really big, and, and the rent was crazy, and it was a bit hectic at one stage. And so we felt the Lord said it was time to leave that building. And uh, when we left, we tried to find a venue. We couldn't find one, so we ended up in homes. And I remember the time, like the Lord teaching us that it's, it's not the method, it's the man. And so, you know, people go, oh, well, you're about home churches. We're like, no, actually in that season, that's just what it looked like, that we were in each other's homes. And, and so it's not, we don't get stuck to which method is the method. No, we're, we're in love with Jesus. We follow him. We let him uh, teach us and train us and mold us. So we were in the homes for a time. Then we were in a restaurant, meeting in a restaurant every Sunday, just down the road. And then we came here and we've been here for, for two years. And what's amazing is that in this little room, We've seen the things that we've contended for and prayed for for so long begin to flourish and begin to come alive. Uh, we've had, you know, Krista and Ali, who were in the, the 8 a.m., pioneer for years into the nations. 21 nations, Mama Krista's been to. Most of them she went 
by herself or with two or three other crazy ladies. And, uh, and they pioneered it when nobody was doing that stuff and nobody was talking about it. It wasn't like they were going and praying and beginning to see something's coming to this region. They were going into the Middle East, a group of ladies, you know, 10, 15 years ago, going in just praying. just so. And then uh, we as a church began to step into that and we began to pray. And suddenly in the last two, three years, God's opened it up. This year we have six invitations into the Middle East to partner with local churches and, and, and guys who are ministering on the ground. These are guys who, who, who are just being obedient to Jesus, and this is our family. You know what I'm saying? And that happened. Like the Lord just did it. Nobody tried to force anything. He just did it. So we find ourselves in a moment, and I think, Dad, you can speak into this as well, where we are and now where we're transitioning into. But we're in this moment of, some, you might feel the tension of like, you know, wow, okay, Lord, um, there's momentum and there's, there's so much that's happening in life, and, and we're excited by that, but, but okay, what's, what are we coming into? Like that space of, whoa, you feel like, you're almost uh, not in between two things, but you can feel transition happening in a community. And, uh, and that's a beautiful place to be. We've actually learned like, not to, to be afraid and to force things, but to enjoy God and to say, Lord, what a privilege that we are being shaped and developed and formed in this time to carry with longevity what you want to birth in us and through us. Uh, and so, um, you know, in this time, there's, there's a lot of people joining the church, and a lot of families that are connecting in, and I believe it's, it's, it's divine appointments. It's the, it's the right time that God would bring families in now to begin to build and, and do what He wants to do over the next 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years until Jesus comes. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so we're, we're positioned right now. This is not, this is not it, right? Like, this is, just, this is just the beginnings. We're in a season where God is shaping and forming, but we know that we're stepping into something far bigger uh, with, with far greater capacity and greater measure of what God wants to, to pour out. Yeah, amen. Um, you know, one of the... There was, there's been so many prophetic words over um, 24-7, and particularly, obviously, with the prophetic word about the... The young folk and the wild and the crazy and the tattooed and the one-eyed and the and the and all the rest of it, which is so powerful. That's what we want. We want all all, all the crazies to come in, be with Jesus. But another powerful prophetic word was that the lost sons and daughters would return, and they would come back. And uh, that uh, Connor was actually reading it earlier in our prayer time. Uh, Isaiah 35 was the the actually when they prophesied over this church, the birth birthing of this church. They prophesied uh, it would be a Isaiah 35 church, which is the, the redeemed of the Lord ret returning. And, um, and our heart's desire is that this will be a place where those that were hurt and broken and, and maybe got a bit of club from the church and maybe you know, encountered God in a religious way or, or encountered a father that was harsh or what have you, and that, they would, and, and that also includes all the those that are broken and hurting and pierced and, and tattooed and floppy ears and whatever. Um, is, this would be such a place of love. But they would encounter, because I believe with all my heart that there's coming a time very, very soon now where God is going to demonstrate who He really is and the heart of the Father and the love of God is going to be displayed through the church like never before. Because that's desperately what people are crying out for. Because out there you just get run over, you get eaten up, you get, uh, you know, just... It's and they, it's the church is supposed to be a place of absolute love, where you just encounter him and and you just experience him and by his grace you can uh, be transformed, changed and, and and set free and so I believe we're going into that place and I believe that God's calling a, a multi uh, generational, multi age group uh, from the old to the young 
is bringing us all together in this beautiful place of, of demonstration of who he really is, his body, his bride, uh, as the bride is making herself ready. Um, it's with the righteous deeds of the saints, and uh, it's the love of God that's going to be displayed. And, uh, and so I believe that all the prophetic words are all culminating now, all together. I believe that God's brought you here for such a time as this, for this purpose. Um, lives that now will be impacted, uh, changed, and you will now be that to others. You, um, one of the, the, the hearts of this church is encountering Him, right? Uh, we believe that as a lifestyle, not just on a Sunday. We just want to experience Him. It's why we went from very rigid, sort of an hour uh, clock watching hour 15 and hour 30 services. I know for those that have been here long, where's Auntie Elaine? She's probably going, no, we were never that short. No, we, we were <laughs> about an hour 15 or an hour and a half. It was very rigid. It was very disciplined, whatever, and that four songs, smile, changed to two worship ones, uh, and then you begin to preach, and you preach for about 30 minutes because that's what the bum can, can, can hold. Um, after that, you start getting fidgety because my bum's now numb. And, and so we try to do all that. I never preach 30 minutes, hey, Frank, never. But anyway, um, but it was so rigid to a place where it was we were actually after encountering the Lord, and we really don't care about ticking boxes. We care about that people experience and encounter Him. They never came for me. They never came for Connor. never came for uh, any anointed person. They came for Him the anointed one, and, uh, and to just experience him and to get set free. So, so that's why our, our meetings change, to, to be like that. And I believe that as we hunger and thirst after him, his presence, as we encounter him, as we allow him to transform and change our lives, so that is going to be like a river that's going to flow out from here to be a display to those all around us. So that land is going to be this community of lovers of God who just uh, it's going to flow out from there so easily. And uh, so in that transition um, of just listening to the Lord, um, just so you all kind of understand and know, um, we've had, obviously, over the years, a, a number of different elders come in. Uh, I do want to say that even though he's my biological son, um, I made it extremely difficult for him to be an elder in this church <laughs> by, um, because I, 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 I wanted to be obedient to the Lord, never wanted to be something that's just um, nepotism kind of. A, and uh, so he, he, he really had to journey a journey. But the reality was it was such a joy for us as a family to, to have bring them on as, uh, as elders. Um, and many other elders that have come through the life of this church have gone on to lead churches today and, and do amazing stuff, and I, and I celebrate all of that. And we look forward to many others coming on to eldership now as well. But just over the last uh, sort of while, we, as God's been speaking to us about the destiny, the plan, the purpose of God, we have felt, um, uh, Jane and I as a couple, that there, there was a, a shift happening um, that part of leading this church is also to be the visionary uh, elder and to have vision and to see what God is saying. We've just felt that there was a shift happening where Con and Jess were beginning to see more of the vision. So just as you, as you journey with us, you'll see that sometimes it feels like who's actually leading? Um, we're leading together. We're a team. We're a team of elders. Um, but Connor is moving more and more into the visionary elder of this church because God's given him the vision. And it's not something extra new. There's no change happening. It's the same heart, same passion, same desire. But it's just on him now as a, as a, as a son in this house and as an elder 
And, uh, and so as a church, let's, let's journey and let's celebrate. Let's see what God's doing. I think we're increasing in footprint and capacity. Not, we're not diminishing. And I want to encourage you just with that because I, I loved that it was my biological son, but it was a, a, like a, a, a type um, of what Jane and I's desire has always been is to bring through sons and daughters in the house to make them fly and go as far as God wants for them. And I believe that he's just like a prototype of many other sons and daughters that will come on to fly and to do what God's called them to do. And, and it's, it's always our joy just to listen to the Lord and just be obedient. That's, that's Jane and I's heart. It's, just we've always, it's how we've lived our whole life. God, you spoke, we just go do it and then just see. And uh, even though we're young and we still believe that there's lots of things happening, we do feel that there is a shift coming in the, in the life of the church as they take more of the role of visionary. So just as you see that, uh, don't be confused, don't be unsure of what the heck's going on. Um, we are leading this church as, as, a, as a team of elders, um, uh, Jane and I moving more maybe into the role of a father and a mother, um, but um, the visionary side, obviously, Jess and Connor. So it's exciting times that we're living in. There's so much for every single one of you. I'm, I'm so excited that God's put you here for such a time as this. Uh, and whatever he's placed inside of you will flourish. Flourish, yeah. So I, thought, I feel like I'm being cheered from somewhere. <laughs> no. Your kids are all safe, I promise. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I've got my own, my own cheering crowd happening. Yeah, no, um, it's, I want you to know, I want you to be, you are celebrated in this house, not just accepted or you're celebrated. And you're placed in here because you are an amazing, unique gifted but blessed beautiful individual and we want you to fly and it's never been our heart is to hold anyone back or to hold or to squash anybody in fact we've over the years if you know 24 7 we've let people run maybe too early um, and had to you know kind of fix and pick up some pieces afterwards but but that's our desire our desires that's why God never we never wanted to lord it over we wanted to to open some 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 roofs, you know, that were maybe holding people down and let people go, you know. So, so just know that I'm so excited to be part of this, this family and what God's doing now. I'm so excited of the legacy that we have as a church. But I want to encourage you, God placed you here because He wants you to fly and to run, forest run. He wants you to do what your destiny is. And, uh, and so just be ready. Position yourself right now in God as He begins to release mantles, mandates, uh, destinies over your lives for, for now. It's no, by no accident that you're here. Um, this is not a church where we can just sit and feel comfortable. We'll get stirred. There'll be something, oh, there's something God wants me to do, and, and, he, and, and, and you're going to step out into that. And we want to say we champion every single individual in this church for what God's called you to. So good. So we... Um, <clears throat> We're in this beautiful time. We've been training uh, leaders, young leaders coming through. God's doing so, so much in terms of building uh, in the house. And so in, uh, in March, we'll be launching our small groups, our home groups again, where everybody can get into the homes in the midweek. That's going to be really special. We're launching uh, our prayer room on a much uh, kind of bigger scale in, uh, well, we're training in March. We'll probably launch it in April. Uh, and that's, uh, that's exciting. So like there's so many things that are opening up over these next couple of months. And we've just been uh, slow and obedient to the Holy Spirit as He's doing it to make sure that we build right. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we want to stay flexible and sensitive to the Holy Spirit. That he can do anything He wants to do, and we want to follow Him. And um, I am so grateful, like my dad just said now, that we're a part of a community that is built on the revelation of Jesus and, uh, and that is led by the Holy Spirit and 
grounded in his word. Um, and so we, we love you guys. I just want you to know we're sharing this today because it's our, our 17th birthday celebration. Um, and uh, I go, man, if, God, if God's done this in 17 years and we only just started, can you imagine what's ahead? There's so much ahead for us as a community. And so if you have been in the family for the last six months, maybe even a year, and, uh, and you kind of feel that shift now, like, hey, this is not just somewhere I'm attending. I, this is my family. Uh, then we're having that membership Sunday on the 6th of March to pray you in, to connect you into the areas where you can actually uh, get really involved and active uh, in the things that are in your heart and in your life to contribute towards what God's doing here locally and in the nations. And if you don't know, a lot of you might not know this, but um, we'll explain more over the next couple of months, but we actually have another church plant in Gaborone. Uh, Sadiba Life. Sadiba is a Setswana word for the well that the community drinks from. And, uh, and so there's a beautiful community there that are locked in with us. We have regular calls with their leaders. We oversee what's happening there. And uh, they're already dreaming and getting ready to reproduce another church plant in uh, the north of uh, Botswana. And so we're praying. Pray with us. Let's get excited about what God's doing. And we can't wait to have uh, their, most of their community get out here to Johannesburg so we can all be together. We want to go there and encourage them and celebrate them. And uh, so that, that's just the beginning. There's so much uh, that's ahead.